And we're back, Real City Ambassadors, episode episode four, and we're doing it with style. Today's an important day in so many different ways, but I am just, I'm ecstatic. I'm a fan. I am, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, after touching base and, and making sure that we can make this day a, a possibility. I'm just so happy, you know, to have the play of the bay, the guy with the brim hat on, the person who made, who put Frisco on the map, the one and only Anthony Forte, AKA Rapping Forte. Right. <laughs> What's going on with you, man? How you feeling? Man, I'm blessed and a little bit stressed, but I'm living, so I can't complain right. that much. Right. Woke up on top of the soil. That's all that matters. That is exactly yeah. all that matters, you know? And, yeah. you know, I'm just happy to go going through all these emotions, going through the experiences and living, you know, and learning from them. Right. And, and you know, learning from you. Honestly, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm 30 plus years old, but mm -hmm. music raised me. Um, right. And I'm a, I'm a son of immigrants. And so a lot of my upbringing and understanding of American and Bay Area culture came from people like yourself. So I just want to thank you for being here. I appreciate that, man. Pleasure's all mine. Yeah, I'm man. Yours. Word, yes. word up. And, you know, let's start with the basic, you know. Where, where are you from? Where are your family from? Well, I'm from San Francisco, the Western edition of San Francisco. Um, after the projects that I stayed in, after they were broken down, I moved out to Hunters Point. Yeah. Okay. So you yeah. started your Western edition. I'm, I'm showing people where it's at in case they don't know. And then you said after the projects were demolished, you moved to... Uh, I moved to Hunters Point. Right here. Right. So how many years did you live in the Western Edition, and then how many years did you end up living at Hunter's Point? Well, I stayed in the Western Edition basically all my life. Mm. I was back and forth in the Western Edition to Hunter's Point at the age of, like, I would say 16, we mm. moved to Hunter's Point. You know, I really have never been a set trip or anything like that. I've always been the type of person I like to plant a seed and mm. watch it blossom, you know, spread the love basically yeah and i want to show people just in case because on that other map it doesn't show the fillmore you know that's that's where you rep in a sense you know because that's where your roots right. are from, right? so you right. remember the 22nd and the 24th i mean the whole thing you know what i mean yeah you know the whole time represent the whole sucker free really basically exactly. but i was born and raised in, in the film yeah well, can you tell us about this photo right here? Speaking of, of the Fillmore, uh, James Brown, right there. You know, that's yeah. one of my idols, right there. One of my influences. You know, right was, there, you know. When was the first time you saw James Brown? First time I saw James Brown was at a concert that my mother sent me to. Yeah, mm. at, a, at, a, at a theater called a Circle, Circle Star Theater. Oh, word. Yeah. yeah. Is that, was that in the Fillmore or what area was that? Oh, that was down the highway. That was more down the highway. It wasn't in the Fillmore. So oh, really? So we went down to snuck me up in concert. Man, it was a big influence to me. You know? She snuck you yeah, into no. the concert? Snuck me into the concert. The James Brown concert. Right. <laughs> no way. That's, that's a cool mom, man. Right. May she rest. May she rest in peace. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking of, you know, I... I I can only assume that she was the first influence of yours. Yes, my mom and my dad too as well. 
Mm-hmm. And um, what other influences did you have growing up? Uh, Langston Hughes. Mm-hmm. He was an influence of mine too as well <clears throat> with his poetry. I start putting words together. So I start coming with lyrics and rhymes. Mm-hmm. Hughes. And, and it was poetry that attracted you? Uh, or there's something about putting words together that kind of helped you form uh, what you then became? Yes, putting words together and, you know, seeing groups like Run DMC and working at KPOO, a nonprofit organization in Western Edition radio station. The director allowed me to come in and put albums in alphabetical order. From there, I met individuals like, like I tell you, Russell Simmons, Run DMC, uh, the Holy Ghost Boys, MC Hammer, before it was MC Hammer, was in a group called the Holy Ghost Boys, and me, myself, and a good friend of mine named Rockbox. Yo, mm. we got together with a group called Rockbox and the Funky Fresh Crew. He would beatbox and I would rap. And, yeah. You know, it was good. question, though. You said you were working at KPOO. How did that come to be? Well, I would, while going to school at Benjamin Franklin Middle School, I used to pull my baritone horn home. And one day he saw me. He said, mm. I've been seeing you go back and forth here, you know, from school and home. And he said, I, I got a job for you. Uh-huh. I would like you come in and I would like you come in and work and put the you know records in alphabetical order and you know from that point on I got to hear all type of music and you know from there it was just uh, it was a beautiful thing. It gave me the to put the music together. So you you were musically inclined from the get go. It sounds, and yeah. that's where people started like noticing who you were. So you said at Benjamin Franklin Middle School, that's where you went, and right. then you went to this school right here. Yeah, Can Eugene. You talk about how that influenced your process. Eugene McIntyre, School of the Performing Arts. Mm. I was in a band and a brass ensemble there, and you know we was in competition with a whole lot of you know different schools, and I was pretty, I was good. So that let me know when I started doing the music putting the words together, I said, this is what I want to do. And, then, and so music was there, and KPOO was there. What, what was the type of music that, uh, prior to like hip hop, that you were listening to that influenced your, your upbringing? Well, um, the Stylistics, mm. old Mar- Marvin Gaye, mm. uh, you name it, uh, this goes on. I, I listened to a lot of Two Sword as well, too. Um, uh, the Sugar Hill Gang, Houdini, groups like that, they really inspired me. They really did, you know, get off into the music. Yeah. And then I remember like listening to uh, another conversation and going back to KPOO. Um, I want to add this photo right here, real quick, because you did drop some names. And I know that you were exposed to a lot of uh, the up and coming artists at the time. So here, there's one with Run DMC. Did you ever meet uh, Marcus, or, or did you work with him? Yeah, Marcus, yes. Marcus Clemens at KPOO. Yeah. Yes. He allowed us to come in and, you know, do interviews and et cetera, you know, boost us up, give us some exposure. And what can you tell us about Marcus Clemens? Because I know he had a huge influence in the hip-hop game, especially in the Bay. Yeah. Hands down to him. He's a good fella. Yeah. Doors opportunity wide open, you know. I feel like if it wasn't for him, a few other individuals, I wouldn't have never made it in the rap game. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and then Russell Simmons, you said you were you met Russell Simmons and a lot of these artists. Can you yeah, tell me about just meeting them in general and what that meant to you? Well, it really motivated me seeing them come in and you know, uh I performed for them too as well and they allowed me to come backstage to a concert. So it was really big, you know. And then, like you know, from there, a lot of start things started to pop off. Here's a good example. Uh, you were part of a Dangerous Crew. Did you form right. it, or how did you? How did it come to be? What came to be is I, I met up with, I met up at KPOO. Mm. Then I met up with a girl in my neighborhood. She told me that she knew a guy by the name of Too Short that mm. you know was trying to put people on. And a guy by the name of Randy Austin, <clears throat> which was I'm sure's manager at the time. And uh we had a rap contest in Oakland on Myrtle Street. And it was uh at the end of the day, it was me, JJ Hart, Spice One, and uh the danger zone, the females you see here in the back. Oh, let me see, hold on, let me <laughs> right here on the right. On the right, right here. Oh, I think you kind of froze right now real quick. We're having a little technical difficulties, but we'll come back. I think everyone's uh, waiting for that Niner kickoff, so we're all a little bit shaky over here. But we're going we're gonna to start back on uh, where we started right here with the Dangerous Crew. I'm going to have to bring him out, and then we'll bring him back in. But in the meantime, you know, let's just kind of uh, go back. You know, Rap Forte, he's from the Fillmore. Um, I want to ask him a few questions about his influence with music, not only on the on the lyrical side, but also on the culture, because I know that he brings in a lot of the San Francisco Bay Area culture with him. And what does that culture look like? Um, did it look like for him and how that manifested itself in, in his style and his music? So we're gonna just see if we can bring him back on. Let's see. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, we'll just get it going this way. You know, I wasn't exposed to rapping forte until 1994 when his hit single Players Club came to be. I don't know if people used to listen to him prior to that. That would be dope. If you have any comments or any questions about it that you'd like me to ask him, let me know as well. And we'll go ahead and make sure that, uh, uh, that we can have him answer your questions right now. But as you can tell, right now we're going through technical difficulties. You know, as we take this time right now to think, to pause, to reminisce, you know, today I didn't even know. Uh, I didn't do it intentionally, but September 13th today, it's a special day and we're going to talk about it. Hey, Jorge. Okay. Yeah. It's that Niners vibe, bro. Yeah. I'm trying to Everyone's get waiting. Right. Exactly. Hold on just a minute. I'm trying to get this thing. I know. Trying to get this put together real quick. 
Do you hear me? Rapping Forte. All right. We had him for a, a little minute. He said hi and then probably went to go check out what was happening. But I was going to say, today's September 13th. Not only is it, is it the Niners kickoff game, but... Uh, and, you know, I want to ask Forte how he feels about it. Today is the anniversary of Tupac's uh, uh, death, his assassination. And obviously it had a huge impact in me. Uh, his lyrics, uh, what he did to the, for the culture, for, you know, people of color, of course, Black folks, but how that, you know, translated to Latinos. You know, September 13th is super important for me. And so I have a candle that I'm going to light up for Pac. But, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll definitely get there when when we get there. We're trying to bring Anthony Forte back up to see um, if we can just finish off uh, our conversation about his, his early rapping projects and how he eventually uh, became who he was or who he is. Um, I think it's also important to highlight, uh, to get like a holistic view of a person. You know, it's easy to, to comment, it's easy to criticize someone but, you know, it's not until, and I always tell people, try to walk on my shoes, try to walk on that person's shoes, you know, to really feel, you know, what it's like to be a person, you know, and that same with Anthony Forte, same with Pac, if he was alive. Um, so I always challenge everyone, you know, try to, try to do that. And, and then from there, make an honest opinion, but not until you get onto those person's shoes, you can really talk about someone. Let me see if I can bring Anthony Forte real quick. Yes. Hey, Mr. Forte. Hey, hey, excuse me, having having technical difficulties here. It's all great, man. You know how we keep it over here. We just smooth it, ride it out, and and and, and move on forward. So Dangerous Crew was uh, one of the first groups you started with? Right. Cool. In the Dangerous Crew, I went on to do Don't Fight the Feeling, the mm -hmm. album. I went mm -hmm. did the song Don't Fight the Feeling with Too Short, and that put me on a worldwide scale at that point. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, what was it? Did you ever take a t the time to sit back and realize, man, this is really happening? Like, when was it? What was the moment when you realized this is something I can do moving forward? Uh, you know, as a profession. The moment I realized that is when I did my first tour. Mm. I did my first tour with a group entitled the GLP. We went down the coast and did shows and sometimes TBA to be announced shows and mm. with command performances and always wanted to just put Frisco up on the map. Yeah. Oh, Eric Escobar says you gotta check the cables. We gotta check the cables. Cause uh right now it's Anthony Forte, I lost you again, my brother. I lost you. We gotta bring you back up. There we having go. We're having trouble, see. I don't know why keep, just keep on having troubles, keep dropping. It's all good. We'll, 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 we'll uh, pause and then move forward. We got about 15 minutes before kickoff. <laughs> so let's see if we can, 
we can get the, the cables running until then. Might be the Wi-Fi. Of course, it's always the Wi-Fi. So we're going to go ahead and then jump into the album, Don't Fight the Feeling. You know, this is where he really spearheaded um, and, and became who he is today. You know, I really want to talk to him about this album versus the Off Parole because they're two really different um, themes that are highlighted. You know, the first one's the up and coming, really excited, uh, uh, moving and pushing and putting Frisco on the map. And then you hear Off Parole is a really insightful uh, album that I went back to re-listen and, and realized that a lot of it is, is his struggles, uh, living in, 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 in surrounding that's, uh, you know, surrounded by drugs, surrounded by alcohol, uh, by violence, and how he navigates that world. Because, you know, I'm not, all, I'm not someone from the streets per se or at all. But I was born and raised in the mission in San Francisco, and the streets were surrounding me, you know, and we had to just learn how to navigate this whole time. Let's see. Let's see if I can get a call real quick. We might just do this audio. We might just do this audio real quick. Let's just go ahead and do it audio then. Yeah, man. So, you know, we were just talking about, you know, don't fight the feeling your album and how it, um, it just spearheaded you and put you on another level. Can you tell me about that moment and, and, and how did you take that whole experience? Well, basically, being from Frisco, a lot of people would criticize individuals. Being from, they would always criticize Frisco and label us as gays or what happens to homosexuality. I feel like it's a free world. You know, and I always wanted to put Frisco on the map. So it made me feel good to finally reach the Billboard charts, a San Francisco artist. And I felt like that was a way for me kicking doors open and leading the way for, you know, individuals to this very day who are on the map. I feel like, you know, pay homage, you know, homage, you know, homage is, is, is due. Yeah. You know, I'm underrated at times and things and such, but it felt good to know. San Francisco is finally on the map. I wanna, I'm, I'm showing them this photo right here of Fillmore Slim. And I wanna, you know, I wanna know who he is or I want people to know who he is. Also so that, you know, you can illuminate, elaborate on how his style kind of influenced yours and Frisco style. Well, basically narrating Mackin. Mm. Pepin Mackin, you know, and he's a blues singer too as well. You know what I mean? Yep, he's well known. Crazy. Is well known too as well. So, I mean, he's he always laced my boots about the game. You know what I'm saying? What corners to be in, what corners not to be in, and I want to give a shout out to Uncle Phil Muslim for always being influenced. Yeah, he's known as the West Coast Godfather of the game and the Pope of pimping. How did how did his style kind of influence you as 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 a persona? Well, basically, him being a player number one player in camp, you know what I mean? That made me want to go out and not do music about 
killing nobody or anything like that. Do some music everybody can have fun with. We'll put some Mac in with it, sprinkle it with some Mac in, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, no, and and can you tell us a little bit about I'm showing this photo of Lil Fly, uh uh Frankie J. Who are they to you and Fly as well? Well I was one of the individuals who really kicked the doors open for me, introduced me to his brother, Frankie J who was, you know, a manager at the time. That's what I needed. I didn't have one. And basically held it down, kept doors open, and sold music independently all around, independently put together right type productions. From that point on, did so much pushing and so much promoting mm-hmm. that a major label was interested in us. Mm. You know, EMI, EMI Christmas from New York. So we dot eyes across T's and put it together and took an independent track on a to a worldwide scale. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was that experience like? Uh, going into a big record label, what were some of the the lessons learned uh, you know, from that all of a sudden being on this huge platform? Well, one of the many lessons learned is Always dot your eyes across your keys mm. and reach reach a fine print mm-hmm. because no matter how many videos you want to do or how many shows and how many trips you want to take it, et cetera, at the end of the day, there's something called a recoupable balance. So all you up and coming artists, dot your eyes across your keys and reach a fine print. It, it, it'll look real good on screen and videos and et cetera. But man, when, they, when the bills is paid at the end of the day, it's a whole different experience. Mm. So, so like budget, make sure you got your numbers straight. Make sure you got your numbers straight. Make sure you got your legal, legal game up to par. Mm-hmm. So ha- have that le- like that team of folks that know about the legal language, have the team that knows how to read uh, the, the numbers. That would be something you would let people know? Yeah, that's the main thing. Main thing, know what you're doing before you get off into it. Mm, mm. I want to talk about the the song, the Players Club, and I'm showing this photo of uh, an SP12. You know, can you just recite maybe the two first two or three um, bars from there? I said I got a whole name real, real. She got a buddy named SP12. Now you know the deal. And the real, the real is what people record on. Back in the days, that we recorded on the real, the real. Oh. SP12 like a drum machine. You know what I mean? So I basically put that concept together like, you know, music. It's like putting together like a gangster gumbo and a nice chemistry music. You feel know I me? Mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's I had to go back and listen to the lyrics and realize, okay, that's what he was talking about. Some people miss that little, those those little details, you know, and that fine print. Exactly. Uh, right, right. You know what I mean? But I, I just, uh, I wanted to uh, make people know that a lot of your music is very positive. And it's not, and it's not even just positive, but it's real. You know, you listen to Off Parole, you listen to the the other albums. You know, that you put out one in two thousand eleven, um, the other side, and what's what kind of life is that? You really highlight the, the ghetto. You highlight what it's like living through through those moments. Can you tell me about why you focus on this aspect when you know a lot of the game was about X, Y, and Z and and the glamour. Like, I feel like experience is the best teacher. Mm. I feel like if there's a message in the music, I learned that. 
there's a message in the music. It, it goes further. You know, people, I've got, I've got numerous calls from individuals saying, thank you for writing song I'll be around. Oh, that got me through a lot of hard times and et cetera. And that's why I wrote it. Another reason why I wrote it, because my grandmother, she said, baby, could you make a song that I could listen to? Hmm. Where ain't too much cussing and stuff. Hmm. I, I guess I understand what you're doing, but could you mix it up more? Could you, you know, make it more versatile? Yeah, so I just started, you know, just coming from life experiences, because experience is the best teacher. And I, you know, and I, I stress that to any up-and-coming artists too as well. Make your package like a box of Joylet Jolly Ranchers, mm. assorted flavors, something for everybody, especially what we're going through right now, the epidemic and et cetera. We school the youngsters, school the youth, you know, so they can stay educated, you feel me? Yeah, and I kind of, I want to end with, uh, you know, I'm showing this image of you and Pac and, you know, the, 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 the album that's just legendary, just like your song, Players Club. But um, just tell me about that experience, just because you two had a deeper connection than just music and hip hop, right? Right. Yeah, that was like my brother, man. Every time we could get together, you know, we do our thing. But sometimes I would be locked up and Pocky would send shots out to me and et cetera, and tell people to write him and put you know, money on books. And I would do the same thing for him when he was locked up. And we finally were together. We out at the same time. We put out it was magical. Went down at Shug Night Studio. And we put the track together. Only God can judge me. I told Pac I didn't want to speak on you know about East Coast, West Coast, uh, beef or anything like that. Cause that's what was going on at the time. I just wanted to speak on something that would probably be you know uniting, you know, something godly. He said I got just time. Bro. Mm. Pulled up the track. We did the Only God can judge me. And that was that, man. And we're celebrating today, his 24th, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to call it, just day of his his passing away. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, his his yeah. music has just influenced so many lives, including myself. You know? Right, and, it's, and in the last forever, it really will. And I want to give a shout out to the Shakur family, the Outlaws, and everybody in podcast. And you know, and same as yours. Um, I I wanted to bring you on because I, as I was saying before we went live, that there's my generation, there's an even younger generation that still yeah. listen to your music, and yeah. they wanted to know just you know, where is Rapping Forte? Who is he? You know, as a whole, right? From from, from the beginning till now. Um, can you tell us, you know, after this pandemic kind of fizzles out, what you look forward to doing? Yes. Um I started um, a mentorship program is what I want to do. Titled Only God Can Judge Me Mentorship Program. Mm. Helping the youth, schooling the youth about music, about life, basically, career development, and et cetera. Um, a book, too, that I'm working on right now, too, as well, about my life story. And probably some more, you know, greatest hits with some more bonus tracks. But basically planting the seeds so it can blossom for the youth. I hear you. And that's great. You know, I'd love to have you back on again, you know, when when this is all over and we can talk about these upcoming projects that you have in mind. Um, anything else that you want to tell folks from the Bay, people from Frisco? I just want to let everybody in the Bay know that I love you. Black lives matter. All mm. lives matter. Mm -hmm. Stay focused on the up and coming. 
Mm. Rest in peace, Pop, and only God can judge me. Amen. Thank you, Rapping Forte, for, for being on the, the show, on the podcast. And, you know, this is the first of many. I appreciate your time, man, and I appreciate your music and your influence and what you've done to me. I appreciate you, too, as well. You keep doing what you're doing, man. The world needs more individuals like yourself. My brother. Take care and go Niners. Go Niners. Shout Yee! <laughs> Peace. One love. All right, mi gente, that's you. There you have it. Um, we had technical difficulties, but Raffin Forte still came through. Um, we're gonna have a follow up to that conversation, but uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Niners game is on. We gotta carry on. So I'll see you later. Peace. Yay! <laughs>